Welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast, Effortless Christmas Series. I'm Janine, Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each episode we'll be joined by our Olive Team experts to explore ways of making your holiday entertaining truly fuss-free. From big day cooking advice to easy edible gifts, as well as cool drinks and cocktail ideas, there'll be plenty of festive tips and tricks to raise your Christmas cooking game. Welcome to the podcast, Deputy Food Editor, Adam. Hello, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Adam. I've got you in today because you are the king of getting ahead. Yeah, yeah, I like getting ahead. And as we're talking about having an effortless Christmas, we thought that the days and even the weeks leading up to Christmas, if you can get some stuff in the bag, mm-hmm. that's going to make Christmas Day and, and in fact the whole holiday period a lot easier. So much easier. Yeah. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about, because we've got a, a, lo- a lovely um, feature in the Christmas issue, which is now online. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think a lot of our readers are interested in is is making edible gifts. And we mm. decided to do a kind of sustainable angle on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I love, because obviously booze, um, yeah. is we we did a, a great recipe for a, a blackberry gin using seasonal fruits. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's such an easy win, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think sort of not tying up is maybe the wrong word, but like, yeah, infusing, um, some, some booze is actually a, a really, really easy win. Um, yeah, we went for a ba- blackberry and bay leaf gin. So, you know, like, well, like really seasonal and actually like really quite readily available and, mm. you know, seasonal to the UK. So nice and sustainable. Um, and just in parts like over time, just a really delicious flavor to your, to your booze. Yeah. How far ahead do you need to start with something like that? I mean, I would say at least three weeks, maybe. Yeah, yeah. three weeks, three is, weeks is, is probably good because, um, you know, you're not making slow gin, which is going to take like six months. It's really uh, after the first couple of weeks, most of the flavor will have been imparted and it's yeah. probably just, you know, it, it might get a little bit better, but, you know, after that, it's not going to do too much. So, yeah, like two to three weeks is probably going to, you know, you'll see the color come out of the blackberries really nicely mm-hmm. and also just that that sort of the flavor from the bay leaves and things that impart a bit more. And the nice thing about that is the, the you know, the bottle's recyclable, you can, in fact, just go and buy if you were just going to buy a, a bog standard supermarket gin, mm-hmm. which you you could do for, yeah. for you if you're infusing it with loads yeah, of different flavors. Yeah, it's probably flavors. better actually to rather than use like your, your, your top end. Gin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you can take the label off, yeah. you know, um, infuse it, and then put just a nice little fancy ribbon round or something mm-hmm. and give that as a gift. And yeah, yeah. I think that's really nice that you've kind of put the time into it. What what else? What other sorts of booze could you do? Do you think? Um, you could make your own sort of spiced rum. Oh, that's nice. So you could get your ramen, put stuff, some some cloves, some cinnamon sticks, some star anise in there. Mm. Be really nice. Or even you could, <clears throat> if you like whiskey, you know, a little bit of honey, again, a little bit of cinnamon, you know, some warming spices and just sweeten it a little bit mm. to make it sort of like kind of liqueur but yeah. just, you know, to take the edge off. But um, that'd and be really nice. It's a great way to kind of, you know, do like a, a bespoke blend because... I was in the supermarket yesterday and there's tons of those like flavored whiskeys and gins and rums on the shelf and you actually pay a premium for them when in fact you've probably got a lot of the stuff just knocking around in your spice cupboard as well. Absolutely. So saving I mean, money. I know I definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of bits like that. And what else did we have in this feature that you think is particularly interesting? <laughs> so we had pro- uh, like preserved, home preserved clementines, which nice. I thought was really, really interesting. Um, I don't know whether you like you know we we've occasionally used um, preserved lemons yeah um which kind of the, with the salting process they kind of it completely you'd think they'd be really bitter and horrible yeah. but they're, they're just like really zesty um preserved lemons and, and i think that would work so well with the clementines you know yeah. that'd be a really delicious thing to do yeah what what do we use them for once you've preserved them 
Um, they'd be great in a t- any kind of tagine. Nice. Um, or do you know what? I like to actually like to put them in dressings. So yeah. just like take all the all the flesh out, and then finally chop the pith, yeah. and then put it into like a lemon juice, a um, little bit of honey, some Dijon mustard, some olive oil, and then they just give you these little pops of of like sort of zestiness. Yeah. And um, really, really delicious. Yeah. And any any kind of stew, you can pop them in, and yeah. then they as they sort of break down, they'll just add like a little background note. So you're basically using them in a, in a very similar way as you would to preserve lemons. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. It, maybe you'd be able to make them a bit more like if you if you popped a couple in sort of like a beef bourguignon or like mm. something like that a real slow cooks so they'll probably disintegrate and you you'll you'll not find them but yeah. th- there'll be a little bit of background sort of orangey zestiness which would be really really nice in yeah. that i think and one thing i i really liked um was that we did a recipe for piccalilli which i think anna's mentioned in mm. a previous episode but just to briefly touch on it it's really lovely because it just uses all of those winter veg doesn't it so yeah. it's kind of mix and match yeah yeah so do you literally just give a, a weight for the veg and then it's up to you what you put in there yeah absolutely it's, it's literally it's, it's completely up to you You just need a kilo yeah. um, and then you can kohlrabi parsnips swede you know anything like you know anything that you've got cauliflower um and then yeah, it's, and then it's just a, re- a real simple sort of like you know making the, the salt mix and um, like salting it to draw some of the, the, the liquid out, yeah. um, and then making like a kind of mustardy turmeric-y spice mix yeah. and letting and then that yeah that that will only get better really. Yeah. So um, we'll eat well, you know, um, all the way up well. to a, a year old really. Yeah, that's yeah, really good. It's really good. So some really nice ideas mm-hmm. there. What about I, I know that there's a lot of like buzz online when we get stir up Sunday or mm-hmm. people who've you know been making their Christmas cake for a year I mean you don't have to start that far ahead do you in no. terms of making a cake no no you really don't um you know yeah I think when is it the end end of November people yeah. like to but to be honest like you know a lot a lot of cakes that you, where you can make plenty of cakes that, and just basically give them a little boozy soak to give them yeah. a bit of like a cr- injection of crispiness, cr- yeah. Christmasiness, Christmasness, I can barely even say. You know, yeah. I actually made um, I made my Christmas cake on just at the weekend, um, and I was I felt like it was a little bit late, but I made it a similar time last year, and I'd rather than fortnightly pouring over booze, I I just did a spoon every week, and by the time it got to Christmas, it actually. It was great and yeah, it was yeah. really it was still, you know, really moist and just it just had a really lovely flavour to it. So mm-hmm. I think if you are the sort of person that, you know, thinks a year ahead, then good maybe for, for next year. Good and yeah, and good for you. Well done. But um but otherwise, you know, there's some great recipes online. I think we had one in the a rum soaked um sorry, a rum and raisin cake mm. that, that we did in the issue, mm-hmm. which is online, which is which is a great one. Um and then we've also got um, a rum-soaked fruit and almond cake, which I think I wrote back in the day, mm-hmm. which is a much lighter Christmas cake. Right, so if you nice. like a sort of like, because not everybody loves that whole... The density of it. Yeah, yeah I yeah. do. I, I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah, not everyone else does. <laughs> I think it's the people who are sort of um, dried fruit averse yeah. tend not to like it. You know, you can make one a bit more sponge. But I think it's really nice to kind of, you know, make that, that Christmassy, I mean, when I made the cake, the, the whole kitchen was just full of the most gorgeous smell mm. of like spices mm-hmm. and, and all that lovely Christmassy mixed spice and mm-hmm. clove. Um, and I think that's that's the sort of thing that you want filling your kitchen. Um, but the main part of it is soaking the fruit in something like, 
if you if you don't want to use rum, you know, you can use whiskey, you mm-hmm. can use sherry, or you know, if you don't want to use booze at all, you can use something like black tea or yeah, Earl Grey, or even orange juice. A lot of a lot of yeah, recipes are so just to like balance the sort of sickly sweetness of yeah. the of the fruit with a little bit of tartness yeah. from the orange juice. So I think I mean this is going out uh, Friday the fourth of December, so we're still at the beginning of December. So what we'd say is don't be don't be scared to make your cake. You've yeah. still got time. You haven't missed the boat. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about getting ahead for the day because obviously you know i do a lot of prep the day before and we'll mm-hmm. be talking about that in a future episode but what about really getting ahead what about getting those things in the bag you know a couple of weeks ahead a mm-hmm. couple of weekends work of just mm-hmm. cooking up a storm and then you know in your freezer what sort of things can we do yeah well i, th- I think a lot of people are kind of scared slightly scared of their freezer and, and like utilizing it properly but but i think there's so many things you can get ahead and 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 just freeze and then defrost and warm warm through really really thoroughly on christmas day that are going to be just as good like like you, you could literally do your, your whole braised red cabbage before yeah pop it into into the freezer and then just reheat it on the day really thoroughly and that'll be just as delicious as if you cooked it on the day red cabbage is a good one actually because i when i think about red cabbage when i've made it in the past it's almost better the day after yeah. when the, all the spices have had time to mellow out exactly and the vinegar that you put in to have time to mellow or the mm-hmm. acid that you put mm-hmm. in to have time to mellow so actually freezing it you're just going to be <clears throat> maturing it really yeah. aren't you yeah yeah so that's, that's a really good show. yeah yeah I'd, I'd definitely suggest that things like your stuffing you can get made and frozen well ahead of time right. in its tray in it, you know ready to go ready to go then you can basically just defrost it overnight yeah. or even some recipes might even be able to Cook, cook it from frozen but you know and that's that's a, an easy win just Definitely. just done um and then you know there's like other things you can do like you know par, if, if you really want to get it par cooking your roasties yeah. you know because um i think some recipes so there's a few recipes call for them being cooked from actual cold so you par cook them you know um rough them up yes. and then let them go entirely mm. cold before mm. because apparently that's meant to make a really thick crust and it like keep the, the insides oh, nice and fluffy yeah. so that so the inside doesn't kind of like disappear basically yeah um and at that stage you could just call them put yeah. them you know put them onto a, tra- a tray to cool completely put them in freezer bags and then and then freeze them and then you know and you could do that with most kind of um hearty root veg can't you yeah. just make, literally blanch it yeah first and then because i think blanching's good and then freezing it and then you've kind of started that cooking process yeah yeah exactly um, exactly and then yeah, and then they'll, they'll be they'll be absolutely perfect roasted on, roasted on the day. And yeah, if you're going to make things like collie cheese or um, cheesy leeks, you can have them all in the tray, um, ready to rock and roll in their sauce. You know, just ready mm. to go in the oven um, on the day. You know, just again in the fridge overnight to, to frost, and then just straight in the oven, and they'll and they'll caramelize up perfectly and cook perfectly. Um, and just you know, things like making a bechamel, like the, the, they're like the you know the day before, or even if you're doing it on the day, you're a bit crazy, but. Um, yeah, they just, you know, take the edge off, take the stress off, really. Yeah, and it's it's messy as well because yeah. you've got like pans and pans, haven't you? Yeah. Pans blanch the collie plant to make the bechamel. Yeah. And then you've got to clean all that up. So actually, if you do all of those little processes, you know, a week before, a couple of weeks before, it's in the freezer, mm-hmm. like buried treasure just waiting for you. Yeah, yeah. And taking all the pain away of the sides. All the pain. Yeah. And I think that's why quite, you know, a lot of people will... Obviously, if you if you are not cooking for a crowd, mm. they might well go to a, a supermarket and buy some sides just because it, it just takes a little bit of that they've, stress off. They've done it for you. They've done what we're talking about yeah. for you, but you can <laughs> but do you it. Can you do can do it, it yourself. And it'll be cheaper. Yes. And it'll be much nicer. And the well. satisfaction will be far greater because <laughs> you'll be like, I made that, not X, you know, supermarket made that. You'll be, you'll be smug. 
Um, what about starters? Because that's always one that, you know, I think people really overstretch themselves on. Yeah, I think a lot of people absolutely stitch themselves up <laughs> on Christmas Day. Like, I don't know why you would. Like, um, yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't just make it as easy as possible for yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd always suggest doing anything you can take from the fridge and serve cold. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I mean, I, in the Christmas issue, I did a, a, a curried potted crab recipe. Nice. Absolutely delicious. <laughs> Cook some toast and serve it with a little salad yeah. easy like easy wins and that's why things like um you know like salmon you know sort of cured fish that's already that's sliced good, and in the fridge start that a couple of days ahead don't you yeah yeah um um that are really good um that you just basically pull out of the fridge and and, and serve yeah. yeah yeah like a few years ago i did um a chicken duck and pistachio terrine if you fancy yeah if you fancy like a, a real sort of show off and um yeah you could have, literally you could have it sliced on plates um in the fridge or you just eat or slice it on a day um, that's how, so you can probably make that like three four days ahead can't you yeah you have to really yeah yeah because you sort of need to press it overnight yeah. um yeah basically it's just like some yeah you, you basically make it up in a, in a loaf tin yeah. wrapped in bacon and then yeah you need to cool it and press it to make sure it all kind of holds together and mm -hmm. yeah you could have that made it like up to three days before and there's also um i think you mentioned riets as mm. well which is a really nice one which is where you slow cook pork or, or duck, duck yeah or, and then um shred the meat and then mm -hmm. layer it up with some of the juices mm -hmm. and and it kind of sets itself yeah it? yeah the fat in there kind of kind of sets itself yeah and yeah you can do it in little ramekins and it, the people just spoon it out onto mm -hmm. hot toast and yeah. it's an absolute win coming around your house on christmas yeah, yeah. day <laughs> brilliant stick around for more expert cooking advice from adam What about mains? One thing I particularly want to talk about was obviously the turkey. That's a separate issue. We're going to talk about that in in, in, a, in another episode about the big day. But often um, there may be people who are vegan or vegetarian and it's not mm. the whole crowd. So, mm -hmm. you know, something that you can make ahead that you then take out for those people is a great win as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think like if you know that you've got people that have different dietaries coming, like do yourself a favor, sort it all out well before. And then yeah. again, you can like freeze it or fridge it up to a few days before. And then again, it's just like something which is mm. taken off your list for things to do on the day and taking the stress away. Because really, as, I know it sounds strange, but the less cooking you can do on Christmas Day, the better. Let's not put it in the oven, take yeah. it out of the oven. Like everyone can work a timer. That's like basically what you should be doing. It's just like, you know. Are you feast and fries? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think we've I've all... I've been in some all, kitchens. Yeah, I think everyone's forgotten to put a timer on at some yeah. stage. Um, yeah, so a, a few years ago, um, we wrote like a little vegan Wellington. Yeah, that was lovely. Really, really nice, like layered. Uh, things like um, pre-cooked, and it's a lot of it's like pre-cooked, like um, roasted red peppers from a jar, um, beetroot, um, and then all wrapped in um, an olive oil pastry. pastry. Or you could use like some of the, a lot, all, the all the supermarket puff pastries yeah. um, are all vegan because yeah. they uh, don't have butter in them. So yeah. easy win. Um, yeah, and then basically you could freeze, make it up. And either freeze it or fridge it and then just pop it in the oven on, on the day. Yeah. And also having, you know, family who, who are vegan and our family it, it, or vegetarian, it makes such a difference if you make that little effort mm. to make them something special, yeah. you know, rather than just going out and buying them a nut roast. Yeah, like if you're, if you're like <laughs> home making everything and then you're pulling something out of the supermarket packaging for someone <laughs> who's like, you know, it shows that you maybe don't, don't take as much care. Yeah. Um, 
we, I also wrote, I wrote some um, individual mushroom pithiviers for um, the, the Christmas issue oh, that's, that's, that'll be online now. Um, and like they're like really easy to scale because it's basically like a bit of mushroom sort of pate that you make um, with a whole portobello mushroom in the inside. Oh, wow. That um, good. So yeah, really easy to scale up and down yeah. um, to make, you know, two or four or however many you need to make. And you know what? They'd actually make a really nice starter if you if you, yeah. if you you wanted as well. Um, yeah, and really easy. You could freeze them and, and, and bake them like that. They sound great. And you've got, a, you had a beetroot tart tartan as well, didn't you? So yeah. pretty. Looking. It was really pretty. Yeah, yeah. And actually like surprisingly simple, really. Yeah. yeah. You just roast the beetroots off and then um, make a caramel and then... Yeah, put them in, put the pastry on in the oven. Got, they've got that kind of nice sweetness anyway. And you've yeah. got, you made that with a really lovely salsa verde. Yeah, yeah, which which kind of like adds those piquant notes. Yeah, and that sourness that Fantastic. you need. Okay. And then um, let's just talk briefly about puddings mm-hmm. because, I mean, it, puddings may be one of those things that, you know, the hill that you don't want to die on, that, yeah. you, that you do go and buy because there's really great ones out there yeah 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 but in terms of getting ahead there's also some fantastic stuff online and then the christmas issues isn't there yeah yeah so um ed's done ed kimber has done a chocolate and hazelnut parry breast um which sounds complicated but actually it's basically a big shoe ring yeah. that you can bake well ahead and then make your cream up and have it in the fridge oh, and then nice. just fill it and serve it and actually yeah. that would be that would go an absolute storm because everyone loves chocolate and, and it looks really fancy and it looks well. really fancy exactly when actually really yeah there's a little bit of pre-work that's gone into it you know but but not like not crazy amount mm. and um yeah but it really fits the brief we're talking about here which is a bit of work before then freeze it whatever get it out Re- reheat it and, yeah. and just finish it off on the day so yeah you know take the take the accolades yeah exactly <laughs> and we couldn't mention we could not mention trifle yeah. as the as the, as, <laughs> the, the as the ultimate christmas dessert because i'm pretty sure mo- a lot of families will make a trifle over the christmas period my family doesn't use an olive recipe they make an old blue pita recipe from the 70s which has tinned tangerines on the top and broken up flake so the same recipe every year yeah yeah because it has to be yeah because that's what they like tin custard um yeah it's, it's like it's as basic as you can get but we like it and you absolutely love it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what it's like yeah it just tastes like christmas it does yeah it just tastes <laughs> like christmas but you know we've got some really nice trifle uh recipes online that are a bit fancier we've got chocolate trifle we've got all the you know we've got i think we've got bailey's trifle yeah, we have. um that you know if you wanted to go a bit go a bit overboard you definitely could one thing i love about trifle is the the infinite adaptability of it yeah. and that you can just throw everything at it yeah you not got you not got any sherry see what's in the cupboard put it in doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and also because it's all held in a nice bit. If you if you get a decent trifle dish, you can make anything look beautiful in that. Yeah, just layer it up nicely. It doesn't matter. You can't really push. The thing about trifle though is it looks beautiful in its entirety, but once you start getting into it, it does get destroyed quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody cares by that. Nah, not by that point. (laughs) Not by that point. (laughs) Fantastic. And I think one more thing we were going to mention was um, Nadine. Um, who's one of our writers, did a gorgeous Black Forest ice cream cake, which uses bought ice cream, which mm. is genius, mm-hmm. because you just basically soften the ice cream slightly, don't you? So just you can, so you can yeah. reform it. Yeah, exactly. And then um, add those gorgeous Black Forest cherry and chocolate flavors into it. Yeah, lush. And she makes this like chocolate crisp from mixing melted chocolate with um, with coconut oil. Nice. Which I think is, is you, do you remember like magic chocolate sauce that used to pour yeah, on yeah, ice cream yeah, yeah. and it would immediately harden Seize. into a yeah, shell? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what that is. Amazing. So, oh, super cool. That's definitely worth going and checking mm-hmm. out online. Um, cool. 
And lastly, Adam, I needed to talk to you about gravy because I know you are, I know it's a speciality of yours. I think I looked online, you've got three, maybe four recipes for, for get ahead gravy. <laughs> Just keep recycling it yeah, each year. So you, well, they're all different. They are there's all a, different. There's a, there's a, there's a kind of Christmas see one or i think one which would lend itself really well to christmas which uses chicken wings and I think then I did, a, I did a beef one and then you got a beef one which uses like the beef yeah bones the beef bones yeah 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 thing. but yeah so tell us about get ahead gravy i mean for me this is the this is the like the deal breaker this is the deal breaker. i think we've talked about in previous podcasts basically good gravy yeah. covers an almighty amount of sins yeah so like you're saying like you know if you don't have time to if you rest your uh, turkey a little bit too long mm. so it's not as hot as you'd like it Janine's a big fan of piping hot gravy straight over that and it just brings it yeah. straight back to life like there's don't fret about things like that so having a really good gravy like pre-made yeah. is is like an absolute winner it's gold yeah and really the secret is like making really good stock yeah. so loads of chicken wings um and roast them so they're really caramelized because that yeah. sort of caramelized flavor will get into your stock and the color as well yeah and the color and then basically just um simmering them to get all the flavor and then just reducing that down to really concentrate the flavors do you, do you roast veggies in with your chicken wings you, you, i do that in the pan oh you so do like afterwards. so yeah so i, I while like, i start it off i, I like roast the carrot and celery and onion until they're sort of browned in the pan but you mm. could just chuck them on the tray and roast them in the chicken fat as well oh, yeah, be, that nice. would be delicious um yeah then basically making a really good stock reducing it down and then um adding any flavorings after so i think in the christmas issue i did a um a madeira gravy which nice. would be really which yeah it was really really nice um madeira and a little bit of red currant red currant jelly so once you've got the stock mm-hmm. and you've strained it off you reduce that down and then yeah. you would add your madeira red currant and then reduce it again or? yeah and then just reduce it down or start a new pan with a little bit of um flour if you want it a bit thicker oh, like um one. yeah then then pour it pour it pour your stock in and then on the day all you have to do is take all of your rest and juices from your turkey yeah. that you've carved and got all nice on your platter yeah add that to the gravy yeah get it piping hot get it raging and then get it to the table if you i I would say as a as a sign off if there's one thing that you're going to do ahead yeah christmas day make the gravy yeah 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 you'll thank yourself that like yeah (laughs) if you're if you're messing about making a roux and you know like on like when you're supposed to be carving the turkey and you've got juices and there's things in the (laughs) oven and you've got something on the hob yeah do yourself a favor get it done get it done ahead because honestly it'll be a game changer brilliant thanks so much for that adam there's millions of tips and tricks there cheers Jane. thank you that was the olive magazine podcast for more information on things we talked about in this episode and to check out our back catalogue of over 250 episodes head to olivemagazine.com